Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello, so happy to join with you. It's a beautiful day here on an island off the coast of Maine and on Deer Isle, and it's lovely, lovely, lovely. And beautiful sunny day, not a cloud in the sky, the birds are singing. I'm loving it. And I'm so grateful that we get to come together for this topic that uh, Holy Spirit has given uh, us today, healing from relationship hell, moving out of relationship hell to relationship heaven. So let's begin, as we always do, with a prayer. I place my hand in my heart, gratefully and thankfully, so willing, so available. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of remembering our true nature and our true identity is perfect love. It always has been and it always will be. So grateful to allow ourselves the fullness of God's love in every aspect of our awareness. We are open, we are willing, we are available to be the love of God fully and completely. We're dedicating ourselves to a conscious awareness of the Christ light in our own mind and in our brothers and sisters. We're giving up all sense of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. We are grateful. Grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, true healing. We're laying everything on the altar. We are grateful to know God fully and truly in our lives. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all because we share the same mind and we're one with them. In gratitude, we let the healing be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Yeah. So good. (laughs) And so our topic is healing from relationship hell. And just before I dive more deeply into that, I'd like to share with you, if you're new to listening to this podcast, that uh, we have... uh, 280 episodes, and uh, we have been transcribing them, and you can find those transcripts at livingacourseinmiracles.com forward slash radio, livingacourseinmiracles.com forward slash radio. And we have lots of other resources at livingacourseinmiracles.com. And I say this because in at when you go there, you can easily search for any keyword like relationship, and it will pull up a list of all the relationship episodes that we've done. And you can see which ones are transcribed, too. Uh, and by the way, if we haven't transcribed something you'd really like to see the transcript of, write an email to admin at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, then you'll be able to access that. So, um, I've done so many episodes about relationship and uh, many on special relationship, holy relationship. And usually in the month of February, I dedicate the whole month to relationship healing. So if you're going through a relationship challenge and you'd like to have some A Course in Miracles support for that, check out those episodes. Because I I know for myself, when I've been in relationship challenge, 
it can feel so overwhelming. It just triggers so many issues all at once. And it, and it, it really, usually, most people, their relationship issues will also just trigger their own sense of worthiness. Uh, they can, tr- it can trigger a sense of hopelessness. Uh, that's the hell part. Uh, it, it, you can feel like a hamster on the wheel, uh, repeating the same hellacious conversations and experiences. I, I know very well, uh, what that's like. And for me, I often used to, um, be so offensive. So I would attack, 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 but I would also be very defensive and just go back and forth, back and forth. And, of course, they they say in, um, I guess it's in football maybe, the best defense is a good offense. So um, I would have the additional experience and pain and suffering in my relationships where I would attack I would be mean and cruel and vicious at times or maybe just passive aggressive or manipulative and controlling and uh, because all my relationships used to be codependent, all of them. And uh, I've had so much relationship healing myself. So I, I, and I've helped many people in my Finding Freedom class, Masterful Living course and counseling clients to really transform their relationships. Of course, I can't do it for anyone. That would be insane. But I can definitely support people who are willing to do it for themselves. And the great thing is about doing this deep relationship work is that we actively then are giving the very best assistance to our loved ones. So, because when we heal, all are healed. And that is the thing that I've seen in my family is that, um, I, as I have healed my own mind, I see what a difference it's made. So my mom passed away in 2008, but I saw for many years before she passed, what a difference my spiritual practice made in my parents' relationship. I've seen uh, all the relationships in our family shift and change. I don't take credit, of course not, because we all share the same mind, but we have our part of the curriculum to do. And one of the most hellacious habits that the ego tricks us into having is this uh, intense thought of separation that I'm better than, I'm less than. And it comes up so strongly in relationship where we find ourselves needing, wanting, grasping, or we have an aversion to someone. And the needing, wanting, grasping aversion the trying to control and manipulate, the the arrogance of thinking that we know what is better for someone than them, that their path of learning should be different. All these different things that we put on our loved ones are deeply, deeply painful, and they slow our own spiritual progress down tremendously, just tremendously. And, you know, I just had a conversation with my brother about something we're um got stuff going on in the family and it's triggering old stuff which just means it's coming up for healing you know that we're intent on the healing and i certainly am so yes if i if i have buried some landmine of opinion or judgment i don't mind it being triggered and coming up for my healing because my healing is my mission. My life is about my healing. My life is not about, it's not focused on having fun, although I like to have fun and I have more fun all the time. Uh, my life is not about even building this ministry, uh, even though the ministry is growing and expanding and serving more and more people with more free things all the time. I'll talk about that later. Um, 
and my my life is not about my relationships it is about having a realization of the Christ presence and awakening to my true identity, attaining enlightenment. So everything, all my relationships, all my creative projects, my daily blogs, my classes, everything that I'm participating in, whether I'm making lunch for myself or a friend, whether I'm working in the garden, whatever I'm doing, It's all, how does it fit in with my awakening? And so my prayer partners all know that this is my aspiration, to know the love of God as my very life and being and everyone else's, to completely awaken within the dream. And I, it's happening. I feel it happening for sure. And so... Having no other goal, just that atonement goal, that allows me to put everything into that one goal. So every conversation I have. And um, earlier today, I had a conversation with my brother where I um, something didn't go the way I wished it would go. And I knew if we did it the way my brother wanted to do it that it would go differently than i wanted but that was just my intuition it wasn't i didn't know it for what my brother would call a fact but to me my intuition is it's the truth and i've learned to have trust and have faith in my intuition but he he didn't see that and so things transpired the way i felt that they probably would and they did and um and he said uh something like I know you're probably upset by this. And I have to say, I was a bit frustrated. But I said, no, I'm not upset by this. And then as the conversation went on, I went back to him and I said, you know what? I am a bit frustrated, but it's not with you. And it's not about the decision to do things the way you wanted to do. And um, it's that... I feel sometimes conflicted because I feel my guidance so strongly. My brother doesn't believe in God, so he thinks my guidance is just, you know, crazy talk. And I have to respect that because I'm in a relationship with him. But I don't have to bow down to it or kowtow to it. So this is where my challenge sometimes comes in is to let my brother know hey, I I really feel strongly about this, and I would like you to respect that, even though I don't have scientific facts to back me up. I just feel this is what will happen if we do this. And so, little by little, um, he's learning that to trust it, to trust me, even though he doesn't trust... um, sometimes his own intuition. And I remember years ago, I took my sweet nephew, my brother's oldest son, Ben, to um, Universal City in Los Angeles. He came out for a long weekend to spend with his aunt when he was 13 years old, first big trip by himself. And we went to Universal and Legoland and all those different places. And um, we were, there were long lines for the rides. And we went on this one ride that he really liked. He said, can, can we do it again? I said, sure. I said, you know, we can do whatever you like. I really don't, I just want to do what you would like. I said, but the thing is, is I think let's go on this other ride over here and then come back to this one because my intuition is that the line will shorten while we're on the other ride and that other ride doesn't have a long line right now. And he was like, no, no, I just want to do this one again right now. So I said, okay, sure. Because this law, I didn't, what do I care? Standing in line, riding the ride. I'm with my sweet nephew. What could be better? It doesn't matter to me. And I don't need to be right about anything. And then, of course, what happened was that um, it was a long wait. And then we, when we came out, uh, there was no line. And, and um, so things like that were happening 
the weekend with my nephew. And uh, at the end of the weekend, as uh, I was taking him to the airport, uh, he said, well, I learned something. I said, oh, that's great. What'd you learn, man? He said, I learned that when you have an intuition about something, we should just do it that way. I said, oh, okay. That's interesting. I said, you know, I'm learning that too. So um, I see that I am little by little teaching my brother about my intuition. And my only upset was not at the outcome of what happened, although it's not what I wish it were. Um, I am, I was only annoyed with myself that I didn't take a stronger stand for what I knew absolutely would unfold and, and that we could have avoided it. But um, it is what it is. And so, of course, I let my irritation and frustration dissolve through the taking ownership of it. So I said to my brother, I said, yes, I, I just want to own. You're right. I am a little frustrated, and here's why. I get confused sometimes about whether or not to follow my intuition and be insistent about it. And I know it's not scientific facts to you, and so then I feel like I'm pushing you to follow my intuition, and that's uncomfortable for me. And yet I feel my guidance so strongly I feel irresponsible if I don't follow it. And so therein lies my frustration. There's a conflict. and uh, But it's really nothing to do with you. It's just my own inner conflict about how to uh, be more effective in saying what I'd like and not like and following my intuition. And I'm learning about that every day. And some days uh, I get tweaks of frustration, but it's really not you, and it's really not the outcome. It's just that. And so, what I've learned, and I I hope I can share how deeply, deeply valuable this is to me, I have learned that being able to take ownership, and this is key to A Course in Miracles, responsibility for everything. And to have no attachment to how things turn out while still simultaneously being clear about what you like and what you don't like. While still holding in your mind what could you not accept if you but knew that all events, all occurrences are gently planned by one whose only interest is your good. So I think one of the challenges in relationship is that that makes it hellacious is we're so attached to how we think it should be, how we'd like it to be, that there's no there's no room for God to reveal something to us. And those attachments are an indicator that our thinking is wrong. Now, I can still, like, let's say I have an attachment that we must go for Italian food tonight. We must. That's the best thing for everybody. And why is that? Well, because we're going to have Indian food tomorrow and Chinese food the next day and everything. And and so we need to have Italian tonight. It just doesn't matter. You know, some example like that. Very, very attached. And because the owner of the Italian restaurant is, uh, I don't know, some reason we need to go there. And if we can't go there because everybody else says, yeah, I don't want to go there. I want to go for Mexican food. If I hang on to, oh, now we're having Mexican food, which is terrible. This is a terrible outcome. It's terrible. Then um, I'm going to ruin the rest of my time and probably for my family as well. And I'm punishing everyone because I didn't get my way. That's no way to live. And I used to live that way. It's no way to live. So what I've learned, it's so valuable just to say, When I'm upset, it's nobody's fault. No one else is to blame when I am upset. You know, I still get bothered by things, but no one else is to blame. I think one of the biggest challenges I have, and I see many, many spiritual students have, is not 
being more clear about what we like and what we don't like. And then after the fact, we're annoyed, frustrated, or upset. I think everybody can read my mind. I forget that they can't, and that's one of my big challenges. So I don't articulate things, and that becomes a challenge for me. But um, many, many times I see spiritual students who are trying to be peaceful, and they're not saying what they'd like and what they don't like. They, they don't feel comfortable discussing things. They don't feel comfortable being vulnerable and saying, this is really important to me. I'd really like it to be like this. Can we do it this way? Instead, they don't want to make a fuss. They don't want to have any desires or preferences. And so they don't speak those things and then they're angry and they they just hold that in when things don't go their way. And that makes for a relationship disharmony. It, it does make for a hellaciousness in relationship that can be completely avoided. So when we love ourselves and someone says, um, yeah, I really don't uh, um, want to do that, we can say, all right, well, I feel strongly about it. I'm going to go do it by myself, but it's not a reaction to you. I'm not doing it to punish you. I just, I feel really strongly about it. I'd much prefer if you came with me. I really would like that. Or maybe you'd like to suggest something else that we could do. But either way, I love you. And that's the main thing. And you can have fun your way and I'll have fun my way. And we'll find other ways to come together. But to be able to not take things personally is so critical. And that's that's what this section we're going to talk about here um, is about. So we're in Chapter 16, which is called The Forgiveness of Illusions. And we're in Section 5, which is called The Choice for Completion. And it says here, The special relationship is a strange and unnatural ego device. We're in paragraph six. Sorry, my page 342. The special relationship is a strange and unnatural ego device for joining hell and heaven and making them indistinguishable. And the attempt to find the imagined best of both worlds has merely led to fantasies of both and to the inability to perceive either as it is. The special relationship is the triumph of this confusion. So the special relationship is a strange and unnatural ego device for joining heaven and hell and making them indistinguishable. So the heaven part uh, is the joining. Right? When we can join together in love, it's heaven on earth. And it doesn't matter whether we're um, eating a meal or going for a walk or making love or playing a board game or whatever we're doing. It could be even in the workplace, working on a project together. I love to collaborate and work on projects with people. And so... What I, we all know that heaven of that connection, that loving connection. And the special relationship, though, is all predicated on I am lacking. I am lacking. There's not enough. I'm, I've got this problem and that problem and this problem, but you're going to Accept my problems. I will accept your problems. And we're going to join together in codependency. You are going to fulfill my needs. I'm going to fulfill your needs. And so we're going to find heaven like that. But that is not heaven. Because A... As long as we're needing and wanting and craving, 
there's no peace, and there never, ever will be peace. Needing, wanting, craving are attachments of the mind. All attachments cause suffering all the time. So, when the relationship is founded in, I have these needs and wants and cravings, and you are going to meet them for me. That's where the false idolatry is in the special relationship. So heaven and hell meet in a special relationship. And then what happens is, it says here, and then they both become indistinguishable. So then we start to think heaven and hell come together. That in order to have the heaven of the relationship, you have to also endure the hell. And that is not true. We can have holy relationships. So the way to have a healing is to call for the Holy Spirit to make our relationships holy. That is the only way. There is no other way. The Holy Spirit will do the heavy lifting. The Holy Spirit will figure it all out for us if we are willing. We have to be willing to allow that holy relationship to unfold, to transpire. So we have to give up the attachments in order to have a holy relationship. So in the example I gave with my brothers, you see, I'm more interested in having a holy relationship than I am in having things be the way I'd like them to be. And if all my relationships are holy, which, you know, they are just... So, my gosh, they're night and day from what they used to be. And I always have peace in all my experiences of relationship. Then the things outside in the world become far less important because I'm experiencing heaven on earth by means of my relationships. And that's what A Course in Miracles tells us we can do, that that's how we find heaven through our relationships. That's why our brother, our sister is our savior. So me taking full responsibility uh, for my frustration uh, took my brother off the hook. I don't need to make him feel guilty now because, you know, things didn't go the way I wanted because we did it his way. Instead, I can see that this is an opportunity for me to heal something in my mind. I'm more interested in healing the thing in my mind than I am in having things be the way I'd like them. That's how we we learn to have a life that's really peaceful. So it says, and the attempt to find the imagined best of both worlds has merely led to fantasies of both and to the inability to perceive either as it is. So when we're in that special relationship and we're experiencing the hellaciousness of it, we have fantasies of how the heaven will be achieved through enduring the hell or adjusting the hell or managing, coping, manipulating with the hell. And so that's all fantasy. You see, that's where we're trying to make everything happen instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to decide for us, to lead us and guide us, to show us the way. So the ego always wants to be in charge and decide who's good, who's bad, who's right, who's wrong, and that's where the pain and suffering comes in. Yeah. You know, we just did some wonderful classes, really wonderful classes, all free at livingacourseofmiracles.com. We did this 11-class series called Cultivating Spiritual Sight. It's about healing the pain patterns and expanding our intuition and our loving heart, being more loving in our lives. Really great series with Gary Renard, Miranda McPherson, Lisa Natoli, John Mundy, and myself. All those classes are completely free for you at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And I am coming up um, next week, June 8th, 
we're kicking off my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class. So this is, as I've come to say, uh, a lot of people put an emphasis on getting in physical shape for the summer. We're having summer here in um, the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, uh, what about getting in shape with your mind, with your heart? That's what finding freedom is for, finding the freedom in our heart, in our mind, to live a truly peaceful and harmonious life. So... Um, if you go to my website and you, you can read about Finding Freedom, and uh, I also did the final class of the Living a Course in Miracles series on speeding up your healing uh, with sharing some of the things about Finding Freedom. So Finding Freedom uh, registration closes June 8th. That's the day we start. Also, uh, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent. To be the love, be the peace, through practical application, as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome back. And um, just as we're talking about transforming relationship hell into heaven, uh, I'd like you to know that my spiritual counseling training is coming up in June, June 19th to the 26th. And people have taken it in order to improve their relationships. Um, and uh, I have yet to have anyone take it and tell me they wish they hadn't taken it. <laughs> um, I really feel like it's one of the very, very best things that I do. And uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. It's um, it's a week-long training, and it's like a retreat, but it is an intensive because we're really doing deep emotional work, clearing our own clutter so that we can hear better and communicate better. We can better listeners, better communicators in relationship because fundamentally spiritual counseling is relationship connection. It's about being a great listener and a great sharer. And, you know, I I often think of um, in terms of forgiveness and compassion and things like this, where are we going to learn them? People don't learn them in school. Um, Wouldn't it be great if we had classes on compassion, on compassionate listening, on how to share without blaming others, and how to love yourself? You know, because uh, a lot of the things that we learn in school, we forget they're not that useful. These would be really useful skills, and a lot of parents don't teach them because they don't know them themselves. So anyway, um, so this is in part uh, about learning compassionate listening and sharing, taking responsibility. Uh, And it's open to anyone. So regardless, grandparents, parents, all kinds of people take my spiritual counseling training intensive. It's also for professionals. We have a lot of professionals take it professional therapists, coaches, counselors, social workers, people like that, people in healing counseling professions who would like to deepen their counseling skills and add that spiritual component. So uh, you can read what others have written uh, based on their experience of taking it. Um, But most find it intensely personally healing. And... uh, if it calls to you, we have payment plans. We'd love to help you. It's going to be about an hour outside of Albany, New York, upstate New York, 
the beautiful retreat center in June. So just mentioning that, uh, if you're in relationship health, perhaps that would support you. Going back to this chapter 16, section 5, the choice for completion, it's my page 342, we're in paragraph 6. And it says here, because you know, the, in, in a, a special relationship, it's the Jerry Maguire, you complete me. But we're already complete. Remember that the special relationship, it says actually earlier in the section, the special love relationship is the ego's chief weapon for keeping you from heaven. So when you're willing to settle for a special relationship, just remember, it's keeping you from heaven. So the heaven you seek in the relationship, the validation you seek in the relationship, the comfort you seek in the relationship is actually destructive. It's really just like if you are experiencing emotional pain, helplessness and hopelessness, and you decide the way out of that is to drink yourself uh, into a stupor because it relieves your pain or you're smoking because it helps dull your feelings or you're eating too much because it also helps you dull your feelings. You know, um, I, I, uh, I've done all those things <laughs> to dull my feelings. But none of that healed my feelings. It just made me feel worse about myself. So the thing that feels good about ourselves is loving ourselves and choosing the holy relationship. So it says here, and we, the Holy Spirit will transform the most desperate, painful relationship into a holy one. But it may not look the way you want it to look. It may not look the way you'd like it to look. And remember, we're eternal. So the Holy Spirit can take and make a holy relationship with someone who has passed on. Because everything's in the mind. That's where the healing is. That's where the relationship is. It's all in the mind. Let's go for it. Let's really give everything to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting in our relationships. So, the special relationship is designed to encourage us to see if, uh, to have this fantasy of having the best of both words, worlds, the heaven and the hell. Uh, in the special relationship. It says the special relationship is the triumph of this confusion. It is a kind of union from which union is excluded, and the basis for the attempt at union rests on exclusion. So what that means is that the exclusion is that I'm not one with God. I'm not one with source. I'm left out. I have these problems. I'm lacking in these things. And so you are going to complete me. So the, it's exclusion from God, from oneness, from joining. The idea that I'm going to join with this one person, and that's going to complete me. Then I don't need the completion that is mine when I recognize my oneness, my perfection in God. Instead, I'm going to settle for the illusion of completion, which we all know, having all had special relationships, it is an illusion. And we will be confronted with it over and over and over again, and therein lies the hell. So it says here, what better example could there be of the ego's maxim Seek, but do not find. Most curious of all is the concept of the self which the ego fosters in the special relationship. This self 
seeks the relationship to make itself complete. Yet, when it finds the special relationship in which it thinks it can accomplish this, it gives itself away and tries to trade itself for the self of another. This is not union, for there is no increase and no extension. So union is extending love so that we feel the love is complete. And we are the love. We are complete. One of the the most fundamental teachings of A Course in Miracles is that we are already perfect. We are already complete. Stop thinking that something you do or someone you have a relationship with, which is a doing, uh, when it's ego-based, that that is going to complete you. No activity, no expression of artwork or anything like that, if you're doing it from the ego, will ever complete you. So, the extension is the extension of love. And that's what helps us when we're consciously and consistently extending love. That's the honesty that A Course in Miracles talks about in the Manual for Teachers in the section on the what are the characteristics of God's teachers. First comes trust, then comes honesty. So honesty is about really being consistent. So when we're consistently extending love and consistently being willing to receive love, then we are really being honest. We're not presenting a false identity. We're being honest when we're extending love all the time, receiving love all the time. Then we're in that flow of the oneness and unity of all life. It says each partner in the special relationship tries to sacrifice the self he does not want for one he thinks he would prefer. And he feels guilty for the sin of taking and of giving nothing of value in return. How much value can be placed upon a self that he would give away to get a better one? Each partner tries to sacrifice the self he does not want or one he thinks he would prefer. So, and he feels guilty for the sin of taking and of giving nothing of value in return. These are all components of the special relationship. There's sacrifice, right? And there's feeling guilty for taking, feeling guilty for controlling and manipulating for saying we love when we don't really love because we're holding on to resentments, because we're keeping score, because we have all these ego-based habits that we are uh, energizing again and again and again. So how much value can we place upon a self that we would give away to get a better one. We're thinking that we're not good enough and that our partner in the special relationship is going to find out about that. Or we think they're not good enough. Or both. It's a big mess. It's a big, big mess. The better self, it says... The better self the ego seeks is always one that is more special. And whoever seems to possess a special self is loved for what can be taken from him. So I invite you right now to think about that better self that the ego is seeking that is more special. Just think about what you're actively thinking about, engaging in, working towards 
to make yourself more special. Or it could even be a, a negative specialty because I see this happen a lot for people that they give up on finding their perfection and their wholeness and they decide to settle for being especially bad, especially wrong, especially unlovable. That they are just so completely worthless. Or they have so many big problems and they want to tell everybody about their big problems, their worthlessness, their badness, their wrongness. They're broadcasting it again and again and again with the hope that people will reject them, confirming their beliefs. And then they get to be right. You see, I was right about how bad I am. Right? There's that form of specialness too. So... It says, and whoever seems to possess a special self is loved for what can be taken from him. So you can think of some celebrity that everybody loves because their music is so beautiful, right? And so, and they're so charming. And so everybody wants to take something from them. And that seems like they're beloved, but it's just taking and taking. It's not real love. Because if their gift were gone, would anybody care? If they stopped being charming, would anybody want to know them? It says, in the special relationship, where both partners see this special self in each other, the ego sees a union made in heaven. The ego sees a union made in heaven for neither one will recognize that he has asked for hell. And so he will not interfere with the ego's illusion of heaven, which it offered him to interfere with heaven. So the ego's offering this illusion of heaven. Look, you can't go for the real heaven. Come on. You're too big a loser for that. So go for the special heaven that this one person can offer you by their agreeing to be with you, to love you, to care about you, to spend time with you that validates you. Settle for that. Because the real heaven, where you feel peaceful and loved all the time, where you feel God's love of your perfection all the time, that's not possible for you. Don't even think about it. So just compromise Go for the fake heaven. Put up with all the hell. And that's, it really is like a hamster wheel, just repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. Relationship after relationship. Whether it's in our family, it's in our workplace, it's in our romantic relationships, it's in our friendships. We just keep repeating it. A lot of people don't feel loved in their relationships, but they don't show their true selves because they believe their true self is not lovable. But our true self is totally lovable. It really is. Because our true self is also not obnoxious or weird or unkind or selfish or stupid or any of those things. Our true self is our true identity. It's 100% lovable. It is love. So the whole journey really is from relationship held to heaven is to start seeing our true self as our self and let go of this false identity. And when we enter into a special relationship, we're agreeing to enter in as someone who is falsely identified with a caricature of a person rather than our true spiritual identity. The heavy lifting will be done by the Holy Spirit if we are willing. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm in. I'm all in for this. Yes, I am. Oh, and uh, I'm going to say a prayer here in a moment. Don't leave before the miracle. And 
I'd like to say a big thank you to all the people who support this radio show, the Living a Course in Miracles classes. Now we have the free text messages. And um, by the way, if you would like to sign up for the text messages, there are a number of places at jenniferhadley.com, at livingacourseofmiracles.com, and also at acimtexts.com, acimtexts.com. If you have any issues with the text messages, you can write to us about that or anything else at admin at jenniferhadley.com. Admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, we do have those free text messages. We've had some kinks. We're working them out. Your feedback is really helpful to us. We appreciate that. And um, thank you for your patience as we work things out. Also, yeah, it's all sponsored by your donations. So thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping us going and sharing more and more. Don't forget the Living a Course of Miracles classes. If you haven't already gotten those downloads, they're free for you right now. And the spiritual counseling training is coming up in June uh, 19th to the 26th. And Finding Freedom, my spiritual boot camp class to get yourself in spiritual shape with the the basic fundamental teachings of A Course of Miracles to really live them in your life. That's what Finding Freedom is all about. Oh, I keep hearing the song. Come and get your love. Come and get your love. <laughs> Summertime song to me. Um, let's pray. So grateful, so thankful to place my hand in my heart and recognize the pure love of God is all that there is and all that we are. So grateful and thankful that heaven is at hand. Whether we believe it or not, it is at hand, and we're choosing heaven today. We are grateful and thankful to live a life of profound love. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the pure freedom of our true identity. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.